Our conversation today is with Jennifer Haas, an interior designer and president at the Jennifer Haas Design Group. Jennifer holds a bachelor and a master's degree in clinical psychology from the University of Illinois in Chicago, and she has an associate degree in interior design. Jennifer grew up in South Korea, and she moved to the United States in 1991. Thank you for joining Jasper today, and welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. So, Jennifer, to begin, can you please uh, tell us what you do as an interior designer? Yeah, so I specialize in um, high-end, luxury, modern, residential, and commercial interior designing. Mm-hmm. And I also own a uh, staging, real estate staging business. And recently, I have acquired a uh, real estate license in North Carolina as well. So usually when I have a new client, I provide them with the design ideas and help them source and select materials, finishes and furnishings, and complete the project with finishing details. And now since I have a a real estate license, I can um, broaden the service, helping them out find perfect homes and workspaces before we start our design services. Oh, nice. And do you only provide the service only to the uh, people in North Carolina? I mean, in Charlotte, North Carolina, or in other parts of the country yeah. as well? Actually, um, I started some projects down in South South um, Carolina, Charleston mm-hmm. area. Right. So usually I don't want, I don't travel too much, but I think the Charleston area will be the uh, kind of the limit. Okay. It's hard to travel so much, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I noticed you have a degree, uh, I mean, a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree. Now you are a, an interior designer. Uh, was it always your mm-hmm. plan to be an interior designer or that's, uh, that's something that happened? Yeah, it just happened actually after I was going through a divorce. I had a master's degree in clinical psychology back in Chicago, but we moved down to North Carolina, 1991, and I had children and was married for a long time. But after 18 years, I we decided to go separate ways, and I had to um, I had to you know start to support myself and the children. So right. interior designing and architecture was my dream, even though I was studying. Psychology. I always loved you know, the aspects of the architecture and, uh, and designing. So I decided to go back to school and uh, got a degree three years after. And then I started my firm in 2011. Okay. So you mentioned moving to North Carolina in 1991. Is that when you arrived in the U.S. or when you moved to North Carolina? That's when I... I came to the U.S. 1986. Okay. So I I did all the studying in Chicago, in New York, and then um, after we got married, I we moved down to North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks for for clarifying that. So, and how is it in North Carolina? Then, do you like it? Uh, I didn't in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> Moving from Chicago was a like cultural shock. Right. In nineteen. 19- one so and especially when we moved to lake norman area which mm-hmm. now is really pretty and have a lot of you know things around there but back there back then there was nothing wow. around there. and um 
also, especially being in, you know, non-white <laughs> in Lake Norman area right. back in like it was pretty hard in the beginning to, you know, get adjusted to the, the lifestyle there. But my my ex-husband was a, a physician, so he had a big practice there. So it was, it was people were super nice. Okay. Okay. And, and that was hard in the beginning. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm asking also because, you know, after living in uh, Seoul, which is a big city, New York and Chicago, and then you end up in, in Charlotte at the time, uh, it's, it's kind of a big I, shift, right? It was huge shift, yes. I was actually pretty depressed for like first two, three years. Wow, wow. <laughs> so how was it like back at the time? I understand that, you know, it was uh, not very diverse. And that uh, it was uh, Charlotte was still growing. How was it like? I just moved to Charlotte about a year ago, and the city looks like a big oh, city yeah. vibe. Yes, definitely. I mean, it it came a long way. Right. So back then, really was not diverse at all, and I was probably the only, we were probably the only Asian. Oh um, wow! At like Norman area for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlotte was a little better, but. You know, we lived in like Norman, Mooresville, like Norman area. So right. it wasn't that much at all. Yeah. Okay. So you moved to the U.S. in 1986. Uh, did you speak English at the time? No, not much because, I mean, we learned English at school, but it was mostly, you know, grammar and like other, um, like reading and writing. Mm-hmm. So not much of a conversational English. So at first, we, I went to New York to an uh, ELS, English language school mm-hmm. program, for uh, six months in New York City. Right. And then the environment at school was not, you know, very ideal was for studying. So I did ask my parents if they can, like, ask, you know, move me to another city to focus on more studying. So, right. Yeah, so Chicago was a city that my parents uh, arranged me to move after six months. Right. And how was it like in Chicago? Did you know people there or did your parents know people? Yeah, so my parents had some friends there, but I, they were kind of like, a, you know, like guide, guider. They were guiding me to to get adjusted to the city, but um, I was at school in dorm, so right. I didn't see them much. But it was actually nice to have somebody at least mm-hmm. that we knew. Okay. What were some of the other challenges that you faced? Like uh, in addition to studying English uh, and, you know, having to change New York, how was it like applying to schools? Not, I don't think it was that challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually, fortunately, the school I went to had a lot of Korean students. Oh, okay. So, and I lived at the I lived at dorm, and so, and I was the youngest one. Not many people back then came to the U.S. to study after high school. A lot of people came either during college or after college. So. Most of the students were older than me, and so they kind of took care of me. And so I just, I, it wasn't too hard in New York City, but a lot of people there were partying a lot and not really, you know, studying much. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, it's not easy for somebody to go all the way to U.S. and like, you know, not being able to 
study or do what I was supposed to do. So I kind of realized that it's not a good thing to today so yeah it's good you you, you found that out uh, quite early then because uh, you were able to I kind did. of focus and that's a good thing that people should take into consideration when uh, they're moving to another country right yeah you want to make to make sure that you you surround yourself with people who are going to support your your goals right right yeah, yeah. it's funny because uh, we were in uh, in Poland last week and uh, I mean, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, we went to the uni- to a university downtown uh, Wrocław, the city where we uh, were staying, and we saw a statue mm-hmm. of a man who had come to that city in the 1800s to study, and he wow. spent all his time playing poker, and you know, and then he lost all his money. <laughs> so, so the statue money? was yeah, all his money and everything that he had. The statue was was of him naked with nothing and then he was just a reminder to other students coming there that you know when you camp here make sure that you have here to study don't use your money for things that are not <laughs> necessary yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so I yeah i, I mean it... my kids go to a school where a lot of korean students there mm-hmm. or you know a lot of international students are there i mean they 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 are the ones who has the most expensive cars and you know, all the designers, right. purses or whatever. So they do, they do spend a lot of money. I know. <laughs> they have the money to spend, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, about your kids, uh, do they have, do you think they have the same experience as you growing up and studying and going to primary and high school in Korea? Like, they, uh, they assume they, they went to school here, right? Yes, they were both born here. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the experiences and your experience growing up in and going to school in South Korea? Are you talking about them, how they think about it? or Yeah, I mean, how when you look at the way they're doing it and then they're approaching it. Because uh, I see that in, in high school in North Korea, it was quite demanding. Do you think that it's the same here with them? No, not really. <laughs> not, not, not really close. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean... You do not have any time to do anything else because the whole society wants you to only one thing, study, that's it. Like they don't want you to be out. They don't want you to, you know, do anything else except going to library and, or school or, or, you know, some kind of tutoring school. So, I mean, I was never allowed to date anybody or even see any guy wow. boys i mean you gotta have to spend all your every single second studying that's all you were supposed to do but my kids had a very very easy life here <laughs> <laughs> i mean they, they were really good students and i really want them wanted them to experience a lot of things so i took them to everywhere to travel and wanted to, to see like you know all the different parts of the world mm-hmm. except, you know instead of being in the bubbled in, in in North Carolina so early on they really liked you know different big cities so they ended up going to Chicago to study and then the other one went to New York City to study oh nice so, Nobody wanted to study in North Carolina <laughs> yeah that's funny but <laughs> So they just did high school and primary school here, and then they say, hey, we're going to go explore. Oh, yes. 
personally. Yeah, that's good. It's always good to um to kind of leave your area of comfort and go somewhere else. And like you, if you didn't move from South Korea, there are things that you wouldn't have maybe learn about other cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Right. When you're moving from countries to country, you have to kind of learn about the cultures in those countries to learn about how people are doing things so that, you know, you're not just acting like somebody out of the society. You have to try to do things a certain ways. Mm-hmm. It, took, it took me for a while to, uh, to, to the, you know, the U.S. lifestyle, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people tend to kind of stay within your you know, like a, your group, like, right. like your Koreans, they mm-hmm. tend to go to Korean areas and stay there and not even learn about a lot of English. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like LA or New York or Chicago, like those big, big areas of a Korean town or Chinatown, like, you know, right, right, right. English oil. So I, I mean, through my experience going, to, coming to North Carolina back then where like, there's no other um, ethnicity group here. Kind of helped me learn more about American culture and society much quicker because I, you know, had all my friends were American friends, and you no, know, I didn't mm-hmm. really socialize with Korean people. That was too far from uh, South Charlotte, where a lot of Korean people were. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, we, I went to child, uh, Chinatown in uh, San Francisco. It's like you are outside of the United States because everybody, people mm-hmm. are speaking Chinese. And uh, uh, when you go to a restaurant, everybody there is speaking Chinese. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So in those part of the country, it's kind of hard to uh, to assimilate. Or, you know, you can live as if you were back in China or Korea. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Was it always your plan to 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 move outside of uh, South Korea when you were growing up, or that's something that happened organically? Not really. I was not really thinking about it. But I think my parents had a really early on vision, mm-hmm. and then all my sisters and brothers, all of us, to the U.S. to right. get education. So I was the first one to go because I was so oldest right and i mean back then like hardly anybody went to abroad to study so it was it was pretty pretty early for my parents to send you know one one uh, kid to uh to the u.s but my my younger sister followed me every six months and then my brother and younger sister all came eventually to the u.s oh that's good at least uh, they came, you were like the older sister. You already knew one thing or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my, my younger sister, who is only a, a year younger, she just always stayed with me mm-hmm. when we were in college. So well, that that's funny. So I, I, from your background, I know you studied psychology because your father was a psychiatrist. And... Do you use that today in any ways, even in your designing work, or you don't even make oh, use yeah. of it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they even like within um, interdesigner society, people say you know, you have to become a therapist or counselor mm-hmm. when you are a designer because there's a lot of you know couples or married or married couples 
you have to in between them and to be to be mutual because a lot of couples don't have a same taste and you know what they want so you really have to kind of read them well and mm-hmm. you know be a good counselor wow. to make the whole process that that's so powerful I, i've never thought about it that way because you're actually making a very interesting point it's basically like some form of therapy right you're not just providing mm-hmm. the service of interior design. You're helping them come to uh, to the middle and make sure that you know you put everybody's uh, thoughts or design or desire in the design right. that you propose. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so fun. Sometimes, like one, you know, like the wife will call me separately, and then the husbands will call me separately. <laughs> yeah. And tell me what they want. <laughs> So we yeah, are very neutral and uh, uh, be the ones that who kind of you know keep them keep them the uh, like us just saying that everything is good. We gotta make it work, and you know we're gonna go through this whole process together. And so we have to kind of encourage them to work together, collaborate together. Right, right. So, what are some of the most rewarding aspect of your work? So when I see my you know my clients just when they get so excited seeing their transformation of their spaces I just love it love to see that and I get so excited mm-hmm. and then also I love meeting like new people so like just building relationship professionally or and personally with my clients and right. all vendors throughout the whole project that, that's really I really enjoy every moment of it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And uh, do you also work with a lot of companies? You mean like for commercial? Yeah. Yeah. For commercial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of like uh, office spaces and mostly in Charlotte and then actually working on a couple of company offices down in Charleston area. Ah, Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. So, uh, what advice would you give to your young self, high school and college self then? Like, I know you've been here for a very long time and when you look at your kids and everything else, do you have any advice for younger people who will be coming to study in the U.S. today or, and people who are interested in interior design? Yeah, so I think when they come to the U.S. to study or, you know, when, uh, or to move, to live here, mm-hmm. I think they need to explore and experience as much as they can. Right. And just don't be afraid of anything. Just be confident and just do your best and um, give every effort at every situation you face in your life. And I, I would say just especially for like languages, you know, in school when they come it's hard to to be in, you know blend in with the te- you know students at uh, at school, but mm-hmm. like I think you have to be just you know just be brave and confident, even though you don't speak well. Like you just have to go after and just so you don't have to be like the best in your field, but I recommend that you do your best and give a hundred percent of effort at each situation your face in your life and to explore and experience as much as you can in your life so that you won't regret until it's too late. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, good. Yeah, so one question we, we ask our audience, I mean, our guests, it's uh, how they define success and whether they consider themselves as successful. I'm interested in hearing what you, your, your thoughts are on those. Yeah, so I think the success is when you can do what you always want to do in your life and also be happy and be inspiring to others. Right who you are and what you do. So teaching others about what you have done and being a you know, genuine person, I think that's really uh, defines the success. Okay. All right. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, if you really don't enjoy what you're doing, and it's, 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 it will be hard for you to, to tell whether, you know, you are really successful or not because many people have a lot of money, but they don't feel like, you know, they are happy. So it's most about happiness, right? Yeah. So, and what do you do for fun when you're not very busy working on <laughs> on designing yeah. and counseling people? <laughs> uh, I love sports, like any kind of support. Support. I play a lot of tennis and golf and every, every kind of like activity, sports activity I could enjoy, I do it. And then I, I'm a foodie and an avid traveler, so... Try a lot of different restaurants and mm-hmm. travel, you know, the, uh, everywhere in the world. Every year, I I try to um, go to like different parts of the world and explore and get a lot of uh, design inspiration. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so fun. And do you go back to Korea? Uh, I've been actually going back to Korea every year, but I haven't gone for the last three years. But next year, I think um, I'm going to go back there. Oh, okay. My daughter is actually graduating from college, so she likes Korea too. So. Oh. oh, that's pretty nice. So you make sure that they keep uh, your values and everything from, from South Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been taking them like ever since they were born, every year. Right. So they, they enjoy being there and... Because, you know, their grandparents still live there. All my relatives are there. So it's fun to, yeah. to see that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so good. Is that something you recommend to every parent who kind of, you know, have the kids here and then uh, who wants to, uh, to make sure that the kids know where their parents come from and about the cultures as well? Oh, definitely. I think they should... Um, Keep teaching them, you know, your cultures and let them expose to all your, where you came from and um, all the family members you could see as much as you can. I think that's very important for them to get to see their roots and always be close to your own culture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you would like to add? Yeah, I think, uh, so one thing about like Charlotte. I don't, not many people probably know about Charlotte, but um, I really didn't like Charlotte for the longest time. Okay. Charlotte has come a long, long way, and it is now an amazing city to live. The weather is gorgeous, and people are still very, very nice, and uh, lots of um, cultural stuff and events and I think it's an amazing city to live. I mean, it's not huge, so we don't have, like, you know, huge, huge traffic right. to go around the city. But 
every pockets of city, you know, towns are really fun. And I'm not I'm now like proud to be living in Charlotte. So. Nice. And, yeah. and then you came when a good time when everything else is, you know, things are built built out already and fun to live. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. We think we did come at a very good time because we think Charlotte is more like a, it's like a city middle between Washington, D.C. and New York with not much traffic. Mm -hmm. And everything you will see in those big cities, you can find it in Charlotte. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much, Jennifer, for finding the time to speak with us and to share your experience. As you can see, it's a, a simple conversation. And the idea is, like I mentioned earlier, is to mm -hmm. uh, learn from your experience and see what advice you have for people who are also thinking about traveling to studying another country or to living another country. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If this episode spoke to you, please share it with a friend or a family. And uh, we also hope you've already subscribed to our podcast. If not, please do so. We really appreciate that. Thank you again for your support. Bye.